Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Mittwoch, 20 Uhr. Hello listeners and welcome to Burlesque on Air, the worldwide first burlesque radio show with the burlesque stars Lada Red Star and Lily Tiger. My name is Susanne and Lada Red Star is on a secret mission in Switzerland. So we first say hello to Lily Tiger. Hello. Hello, my dear listeners. Hello, Suzanne. Hello. <laughs> yes, we don't know where Lada is uh, at the moment. We don't know what she has in store for us this time. Um, yeah, but while she is out there exploring uh, the mountains of Switzerland and finding us some spicy and uh, interesting news, uh, we are going to do some dirty talk today. How about that, Suzanne? Mm, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> we will have a guest who's coming uh, in this uh, in today. His name is Otto Kalena, and um, he will teach us, I hope, uh, something about dirty talk. Mm. Well, this is something everybody can use sometimes, I think, especially when, like right now, in October, in fall, it's getting dirty out there. <laughs> Maybe we should get dirty inside, too. <laughs> If we are not already. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But then maybe we're just really, really inside dirty and uh, it doesn't come out. So um, maybe you can teach us how to put the dirt outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, we'll see. I'm very excited for him to come in. Sex. Welcome to our little radio show. Here is Otto Kalena. Um, yes, um, I want to welcome you. And you just walked in here with your Viennese charm. And um, yeah, well, thanks to studies, I think, in, in the United States, you're very much able to speak English, though, right? Well, thanks for having me here at first. <laughs> uh, thanks for the compliment. Uh, and yes, yeah, I, sp I spent some time in the States, but uh, I learned English also here and have a lot of international friends, so that works fine for me. Perfect. Well, now, of course, I did some research on you because I was so curious. Ooh. And uh, I found out you're an actor, director, workshop presenter, organizer, explorer, player, creator and performer. <laughs> That's a lot of good things. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm not uh, satisfied with, with one thing alone. And I think always when you do different things, it brings you to something else and they, they um, um, help each other to grow. So it's not so good, I think to stay on one track and leave the rest out. It's only one life and you got to enjoy it. <laughs> That sounds very promising. So, um, which of these roles are you mostly living t at the moment? Or is there any projects you're doing right now where you, where one of the sides comes out mostly or? Well, uh, basically, um, 
it it has been a mix this year of everything basically i did some theater tours i did some um, uh, mainstream acting in television i did some crazy crazy uh, movie projects mm -hmm. uh, which are coming out soon one is a, a mockumentary about a man eater a person a very normal person that eats people oh, that's uh, so and amazing. i am this person which oh is you really, are really, yeah i'm this person i'm glad i'm sitting <laughs> on the other side of the table <laughs> right now <laughs> And uh, I presented my workshops at a couple of events, for instance, the Explore, the Festival on the Art of Lust, um, and also in Schwelle 7 last week. Um, and um, I'm working on another theater tour coming in winter, uh, where I play a conservative politician with a hidden gay agenda. Oh, uh, so, uh, not very that conservative then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would have been surprised if it was just just conservative and boring. No, no. Now you just mentioned workshops. What kind of workshops are they? Um, well, the whole thing developed by myself going to other people, teaching, teaching about erotics, all kinds of aspects, about communication, about uh, what makes us um, live our life more fully and more intensively. Uh, and then I found out there is something something missing what I wanted to tell everybody. So I, I researched on the communication part of it. And I started all with a workshop I called uh, the Changing Reality Workshop, where, where I um, provoked the people to find out where they are exactly in their life and where they want to be and what is the difference and why. So this is, uh, was a quite tough one, um, but then I found out that the communication between people um, uh, is, makes the difference sometimes. And then I focused on fantasies and called the workshop that I mainly teach now since a couple of years, Dirty Talk or the art of letting your fantasies flow freely. So um, um, that's the thing that uh, I do mostly now. So do you think the fantasy usually doesn't really flow freely? Uh, yes, yes. I think uh, on several levels because everybody's not on the same point and everybody doesn't need the same. Some people really need a lot and need more and some people are happy with what they have. This could be questioned as well if right, the happiness is, you know. But um, fantasies are not only things that we exchange in the bedroom. It's something, it's, um, well, let me quote something uh, that, um, that I use often. Um, we think that uh, imagining is difficult, but it can be as effortless as perceiving. Because everything we imagine is true to the extent how real the imagination is. So this is a, a world that we miss or that we have and take in our lives. So I think uh, imagining can enrich our life to an enormous amount. That sounds very magical. <laughs> it is, but it's simple at the same time because kids can do it. My kids have a very simple Uh, toys with which they play and the imagination is so strong that these toys become what they want them to become and there they are real yeah that's right and they get their souls and their hearts yeah, and exactly, exactly everything yeah that's that's interesting so you try to bring the fantasies from within to the outside uh, actually it's a quite simple concept i took um, um, exercises from improvisational theater mostly from a guy called keith johnston mm -hmm. um, who works on um, tricking the self-censor 
Ah. We all have a self-censor, uh, which is important because we are civilized beings. We have to <laughs> deal with each other in a civilized way mostly. We have professions. We are fathers. We are mothers. Um, and um, we have to work and uh, on several le levels. But when you are free to fantasize you should free the fantasy so that's why you don't need the scissors in your head you don't need the sensor so how do i get rid of it um, i found um, that the best way to start is to take uh, the responsibility for what comes out away from the people as soon as you're not responsible for the result you are free but when you think about the result it keeps you on the track of wanting to have this effect and that. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean you take the expectations of a result away? For instance, there's a simple uh, um, exercise that I do quite in the beginning of the workshop, which is um, one piece of paper, a group of four people, many groups of four people, depending mm -hmm. on how yes, many are here. Everybody has a pen. And the point is, everybody writes one word and speed. Quickly, 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 because when you take time, you don't take the first option. Right. You think of something which is more appropriate. Right, maybe. okay. And then what happens is, it's not, uh, it's like, um, it's four people, four, four fantasies, but you cannot go for yours. You can, just can add a little bit to what is already here. And the thing goes up, 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 up to something you don't expect and you can't control. And every time something really entertaining, funny, philosophical, Dirty comes out. <laughs> Dadaistic pornography. Right. This is like free association. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. But nice. you cannot, you know, when I'm a straight man and in the end there comes out a gay fantasy. It's not my fault. I didn't write, I only wrote uh, this and home and house. The other ones, you know, you cannot control it. And that makes you free. That's nice. Okay. And you, yeah. Okay. Because so in this case, the the, uh, the speed takes it away, right? Because the speed and, and also that you, um, um, yeah, that you uh, take what is here already and just go on um, okay. so that uh, that you accept acceptance okay. is very important if somebody in a later exercise some, says something to you and you say no no it's the other way around no no always accept okay. it is cold here you can't answer no it's hot so the, it doesn't go anywhere yes it's cold because you are cold <laughs> me no I'm not no. So okay. it has to speed up and, and um, take one step after the other take what's there and exactly. go from there oh that sounds very very interesting. Um, so yeah, as as we can see, I think it's the dirty talk is um, yeah is a very philosophical um, approach. But, in a but way, in a way, but you uh, mustn't see my workshops as very talkative in a way of I explain and uh, theoretically uh, I talk a little bit about the benefits of dirty talk, the dangers, and the aspects Ooh. of it. How what are what kinds of dirty talk do exist in times of internet and everything? Mm -hmm. um, but I invite the people quickly in the game and let them explore with with each other. And the point is. Um, as people give each other, a, um, as people offer their hearts and their panties to look into <laughs> verbally, verbally, uh, they um, they are thankful for this intimate um, encounter, and they are also mostly uh, open to do the same. So after a while, there is a connection between people who don't know each other. They don't know the professions, the exact age, if they are married or not, but they exchange something intimate, which is really magical.
Yeah, it must be. It's a, but this is within the workshop. So it's exactly. people who are participants of those workshops and who are interested. What kind of people are they? What kind of people come to your workshops? Um, it's different depending on which kind of workshops they a whole day or two days or the short ones at Explore. Mm -hmm. um, uh, at Explore, for instance, this festival on the art of lust, they're very experienced and open-minded people come. Right. They're really hungry for adventure and okay. for more and for meeting mm -hmm. people. And they're quite... Um, in inhibited, uh, uninhibited. Yes. But uh, I did some in, in the Tantra uh, Center in Dresden, mm -hmm. and there most of the people were um, quite shy, mm -hmm. quite um, slow, and I had to pick them up where they were. Right, maybe more spiritual than... Yes, the yeah. point is, um, I designed the exercises in a way that nobody has to do something, mm -hmm. but everybody is always allowed to give what he or she is um, open to give to uh, to the other person. So I think uh, it works well with not putting pressure on people because pressure kills the open. Yeah, I can imagine. So you, I think you need a certain amount of comfort and, exactly. and, and I don't know, yeah, a space where you feel free and accepted and not threatened. And also, uh, Let me make an example with another exercise, which is called uh, people walk around and they meet each other. And everybody has to say to the person he or she meets, you are certainly good at, and then finish the sentence. So what happens is, it's actually complimenting all the time. You're certainly good at kissing. You're certainly good at singing Italian love songs, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, you get a compliment mm -hmm. and you're really, really happy to give one back. So you get compliments from strangers who see something in you they don't know. Nice. This is really good. So yeah. um, it loads up with very positive energy very and, and, and the hearts uh, open. It must be the best base for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for letting out fantasies. Very good. Um, so do you apply dirty talk in your life? Oh, of course I do. Of course, all the time. <laughs> Not all the time, when it fits, you know. It's, there's a place and a time for everything. You know, every word and every every dirty uh, saying um, uh, can be great here and completely wrong there. Oh, yes. And of course it needs connection. This is the point that it has never been uh, left out. So, uh, But there is, it must be a difference between connection and sensor then, you know, because I mean, like you, you were trying to 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 switch off the sensor to make the the uh, fantasy flow but then again you still have to look for uh, the right situation right the ideal situation would be uh, for the advanced dirty talkers uh, <laughs> you have a connection to yourself mm -hmm. and to the other person mm -hmm. but don't go for the effect i want to be the hot guy that does this and that i want to be funny people mm -hmm. who want to be funny, oh, they're not funny. They are not funny <laughs> Yes. Who, and and as you know, I strongly believe that um, attraction has a lot to do with authenticity. Mm -hmm. Aut authentic people are always, in a way, attractive, no yes. matter how their faces and asses and boobs look. Not authentic people can be, to me, to my mind, as beautiful as they want. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck about them. Mm. They, something is wrong. Yeah, something, something is wrong. And I don't want to spend an evening or a night with them. Yeah. So, and and when, uh, when people um, don't cut off the nice and original parts of their thoughts, mm. they become authentic. Maybe not for everybody, but, uh, but they are a real person. And this is quite sexy. Yeah, but that's ex probably exactly what it is, you know, because if you're authentic, you don't, you don't 
mm, censor yourself that much. You're not That's afraid it. of making a mistake, of saying something silly, yes. um, which is could can be the most lovely thing if yes. somebody says something silly and said, oh no, I didn't mean to say that. This, the silly part is, all, is a very good point because um, I don't go for the serious workshop, for the serious philosophy. Come on, we have to achieve something. Let's make it. no. <laughs> I, I try to make it light and accept the silliness, accept being ridiculous. Yes. You know, um, everybody of us had, had embarrassing sexual adventures, something that was <laughs> wrong. Everybody, I know, I did, certainly did. But you know, not taking it serious and heavy takes the, um, the danger out of it, mm -hmm. takes the drama out of it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, Anyway, you, in, in acting and in film, for instance, you say uh, comedy is drama plus time. When something is, is, is back for a long time, um, you can laugh about it. You can laugh in a way. You can, you can make it lighter. Mm -hmm. and, and when something happens now and you don't think that you have to be something, you accept what you are. And when something doesn't work, both of them can laugh about it, have a coffee and start again. Yeah. That's a very good approach. So, do you have a mission for this? If you, <laughs> when we say you teach this, do you have? I mean, you probably have a certain view of the world as it is, and then maybe a mission how you would like it to be, including more um, open talk. Maybe I do have a mission. I just don't like the word so much because I would <laughs> okay. never ever go to somebody who doesn't want to hear something from me and tell him. I of know course. how it works and so but if you ask me what I would like the world to be or to develop into I certainly would like it to be more open the minds of the people more open mm -hmm. that makes the world more open that means everything is fine how the other person is but uh, that uh, doesn't mean that we should stick and be happy and satisfied with uh, with the, the things that we do right now but opening up and trying out and letting uh, experiences guide us to new places. Maybe being more playful? More playful and also less judging. Mm -hmm. Less judging others and, very important, ourselves. less judging ourselves. Because people uh, sometimes kill things in the beginning of them coming up because they think that it doesn't work for me, that's not me, that's not expected from me. But, uh, you know, Marquis de Sade, um, who I play on stage, by the way, mm -hmm. he said, uh, I don't stick with the things that I do. I have to try out new things. And only by experience I can tell if they are for me or not. Mm -hmm. And curiosity, courage, and being adventurous leads us to unknown places. And this is really, really a, a good thing to do. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so... Do you think most people are stuck in the place they're in? I don't know if most people, but I experience men, for instance, mm -hmm. um, very often expecting from themselves something that they think that others expect from themselves. And so they are stuck in a, in a vicious circle of mm -hmm. how they should appear. Mm -hmm. Serious, manly, mm -hmm. uh, protective, strong. Mm -hmm. So what, what happens is that they, that they are programmed to be that. Even in bed with their partner, even in a flirt situation, you think this is the way how to approach a woman. Fuck it. <laughs> Every woman is different. Mm. And if it doesn't work when I am like this, it doesn't work with this woman. So why bother changing myself for her? Right. Just so it's always, you never, an acting teacher of mine said, uh, don't imitate this other actor, which I did in, in school. You're never as good as him being him. 
but you the best being you being yourself so, right, so you have find course. out what you are yes. and go out with it who likes you will like you who doesn't will not if you want to please everybody you won't please anybody really it's not possible to be loved by everybody you have to be yourself and the right people will love you for being you Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's, just, it's, it's not something, you know, spiritual. It's something really happening in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if somebody rejects you for something you are, then it's not the person you have to spend time with, it's you know? It's not the right person, so, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess it's that the world is so full of pressure sometimes or makes you feel like you're under so much pressure that people forget who they are, right? The pressure pressures the... I don't know, the character, the personality out of them. And it is difficult, you know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. we have to function as a father, as a whatever, a lawyer, as a teacher. And then we, c- then we want to be animals in mm. bed and we want to be charming in flirting mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a, a different face. But I encor- encourage that people love all their faces mm-hmm. and explore n- new ones. Henry Miller said, I've got a thousand faces and all of them are real. And that's it. Don't stick to one. Go for for changes. Explore the sides of you and find out who you really are. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, well, I I think um, many people could learn a lot in those workshops. You know? I I hope so. I think so. And I've I've found out that it really happens because people send me emails afterwards and said dirty uh, emails. <laughs> dirty e- no, uh, actually, actually about their uh, about their experiences with uh, with trying it out in real life. I met a guy at a, at a party later and he's ah. You're the guy, you're the guy. I have to tell you, the days after that, I tried it out, I just tried it out, and things happened. Great, great, great. So uh, um, it's it's worth uh, to risk a little bit. Because, so, uh, mm. as you said, um, this goes very much beyond the um, actual sex in the bedroom. Uh, you can apply it to everyday situations. Can you give an example? Yes, I can give an example. I, there's a, a, a Spätkauf, one of these shops that are mm-hmm. open late at night with a Turkish woman selling uh, stuff. And I went in there mm-hmm. one evening and uh, before I already it came to my mind, oh, she's really pretty, she's nice, she's sexy. And um, then You I talk g- dirty to this Turkish no, woman? <laughs> I, I don't do this because this is not uh, respectful. But you know, there's a mindfuck going on all the time in my life and this is fun it makes my life more intense and so my i set myself a task mm-hmm. in a in a, I, um, say something nice to this turkish woman and what i said and she had this tight t-shirt and i thought what the fuck the and i said <laughs> great t-shirt and she smiled broadly and said thank you and there was no brother around so i was safe so <laughs> then i left again and this is a little a little thing of everyday life um uh, having something in mind exchanging something being respectful at the same time but uh but um, and being genuine again you know yeah, you're yeah, showing yeah. a piece of yourself when you yeah, 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 yeah. when you say something maybe you're not saying everything that's on your mind right now but but I can, I, you know, you usually still receive that from somebody. All the little fine vibrations behind that, you know. And even also, if, if, it, if it gets, even if it gets more juicy, uh, it's uh, when you're authentic and really mean it, meaning it. Mm-hmm. Then it's surprising how 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 accepting people are. It's not like for me as a man like approaching a woman. It's not that women don't 
think or talk dirty. They do, <laughs> but it has to be real. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have this attitude. Well, fuck this woman now. Go there, great tits. Fucking, it's not good. Mm. It's not funny. It's not nice. It's not charming. But if you really mean something and be original. It mm. will work very often. <laughs> well, maybe I should go to the Spätkauf and see what I can say to the guy there. He's pretty handsome. <laughs> try it out. <laughs> I will try it. <laughs> so, but why dirty talk? What do you think are the uh, benefits? Well, um, most people think that dirty talk is just being um, vulgar in the bed when mm. we have sex, saying something about the other person or how, what you want or what you want to do. But um, it has so many benefits, you know. It's funny. It's freeing ourselves. It lets the pressure out. We can try out new faces, roles, without a big danger or risk, you know. When you do something and interact, really, you have to be aware of some consequences. But in my dirty talk, I can fuck Madonna. I can be gay for an hour. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. You know, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen except a turn on. It. Uh, um, also, uh, is communication between people uh, verbalizing your fantasies. How should your partner know your fantasies? You can't, you can't read it on your forehead. You have to tell him or her. So it really connects and, and shifts uh, our possibilities to a broader perspective. Um, but would you say, but I mean, if, you, if I tell my partner what I like, for example, do you think this is dirty talk? Uh, It's uh, how I define it, yes, mm-hmm. because uh, when we're talking about sexual fantasies and I want my partner to do or to dress up as something mm-hmm. and I don't say it, you know, this is the start of, of, of uh, something we do sometimes. And, uh, right. and yes. when I want her to be a, a, a naughty nurse, I have to tell her mm-hmm. and she might like it. And if she doesn't like it. Okay, then we're at the same point as we have been before. Back to no, no, zero. Right, yes, okay. So, but maybe, and then we can go, and then, then you can, of course, lift it up and dress this, and the, sh- the skirt, and no panties, of course, and this, and that, and that, and you come in, and suddenly we're in a role play. And role play is an aspect of dirty talk as well, because roles do have a special language. I'm the doctor, you're the patient. I'm the teacher, you're the pupil. Mm-hmm. So, um, there uh, we we take a role to explore something that we are not in real life and for this we need a language we also need a costume and an attitude but Mm -hmm. we need a language Mm -hmm. and the funny thing is uh, for intelligent educated people it's so freeing to be stupid and talk like in a (laughs) b-porn movie it's so funny have you seen that i've done it i've done it so often it's wonderful it's so great really Is it? Do you think it's easier uh, for people to let out their fantasies when they're playing a role? That easier yes, than when they're being themselves. Sometimes, because mm-hmm. you always can. Uh, you have this excuse: it's not me. It's you the can role. blame it on the role. It's for us actors <laughs> the same. You know, I, I love to play ridiculous uh, and and stupid people yes. or bad people because uh, it's not me. Uh, yes. You wear the language, the role. Uh, like a costume. I even have no problem being naked on stage because it's a costume. Right. It's my costume. Right, I but wear you don't nothing. walk around naked every day on the street. Not every day, <laughs> not on all streets. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah you can, and, and if, probably because you feel that if something goes wrong, if something embarrassing happens or comes out, you can blame it on the role. Blame it on the role or laugh, laugh about it. <laughs> yes. Laugh about it. This is, uh, this is um, the best thing to get rid of, of expectations. 
I feel. But you know, everybody is different. Some people yes. uh, uh, handle this in a different way. But uh, I feel that the lightness seduces us to take a risk easier than if we mm-hmm. load up everything mm-hmm. in a German way with very, very big, big uh, things on top of it. Mm-hmm, right. So, oh, interesting. So, but do you also think there are some dangers of dirty talk? Yeah, it could be, could be. You could insult somebody, you could um, press the wrong button, you could uh, open the box of Pandora, mm. you could be rejected, you could be laughed at. That can happen, but you know, no risk, no fun. And on the other yeah. hand, uh, if you are together with a person that does not accept at all Mm-hmm. what your kink is, what your fantasies are, mm-hmm. maybe it's not the right person to be with. Maybe it's a good good that you finally find out, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and of course you don't go on maybe on the first date uh, <laughs> uh, like uh, spreading out the filthiest things on your mind right away <laughs> in front of uh, her mother as well. Mm. You maybe take some time, right. but you know there's a time uh, and a place for everything. Everything can be perfectly right or perfectly wrong, being connected with each other and with yourself will help you to let go uh, in the right speed. Can you, do you think you can apply a little bit of dirty talk, like in situations where you can't go 100%? Yes, yes, because what you say consists of the text and the subtext that you can say things and mean something else. And by Mm -hmm. an eye contact only with another person, uh, you you know, you you can talk uh, Mm. on different levels. And I also enjoy very much to be with uh, my lover uh, in a a place uh, where no dirty talk is possible, but we say something that only we know and, and that's the very smile dirty. yeah that's yeah. very it's, it's, it's a big kick you know everybody that's else right. just has yes. no idea and we have our game uh, going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. with thoughts unspoken or spoken that can be very nice yeah i can imagine that sounds good <laughs> so are there any unique and maybe touching experiences that you had in your workshops about something that happened within one of those workshops well there have been a quite a few There's one man I will never forget who attended a workshop in Dresden. It was a two days workshop. Mm-hmm. And quite in the beginning, I asked everybody why they're here, what they're expecting from the workshop and what your, their personal approach is to the, to the subject. And he said, very pure and very honest, he said, I haven't spoken to a woman for three years. I've been left by my oh. girlfriend after 10 years and I want to get out of this vicious circle. Right. I'm getting goosebumps here. Yeah. <laughs> and he was a sweet and good-looking man, but he was very closed. And through the exercises, through encountering all the people, exchanging positive and kinky things, he opened up continuously. And I tell you, in the end, he was rapping on stage about his most embarrassing sexual adventure. And <laughs> no got way. five minutes standing ovations and really he was like opening up. He was yelling <laughs> it out. And he left the workshop and said, so here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope he had a lot of fun afterwards. So it really worked in this case to pick up the person where he is and to, to take him uh, with the group to some place else. 
It's amazing. To, yeah, so this was really a, a very good and touching experience. Too. Amazing. So with what kind of of games or or um, tasks or uh, did you did you bring him to do that? I mean, what do you do? What kind of magic do you apply? Ah, in it's just exercises. <laughs> we, we we use for actors as well uh, who don't don't open up and mm -hmm. who always want to uh, uh, deliver some result instead of researching for the truth. Um, that's one simple exercise. Um, I do later in a workshop groups of three. Mm -hmm. One has a blindfold, doesn't see. The other two mm -hmm. uh, build up a story, whispering in his or her ear, um, exchanging sentences, building up a story, and maybe also with a little soundtracks and moans and noises and so. And uh, it's wonderful to see how the person who has no, uh, um, can't see anything, but uh, the brain is completely absorbing what she gets. So, and these people working together, they also have a thing going on. This is very intimate. There are these groups of three and mm -hmm. in different mm -hmm. corners of the place the person is lying down very comfortable and uh, this is very very sexy only to see how people really put their attention and the connection to somebody because that's the point attention mm -hmm. connection then things can't go wrong that easily mm -hmm. and when you're connected you even see by a person who is not talking not answering you see if it works or not and this at uh, this connection is so sexy and it turns mm -hmm. on And maybe because you asked about the mission in the beginning, this is also <laughs> something I really uh, am longing for in my life and mm -hmm. get a lot. But I wish for everybody else to have a connection to themselves and to the people who they interact with. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful, beautiful mission, even though you don't like the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, are there any other exercises you can tell us about? Well, I also tell the people uh, that it's not about these um, dirty talk in the bedroom, mm -hmm. but uh, to, to see it as a wide field of uh, possibilities. For instance, we do have nowadays emails, chatting, mm -hmm. SMS, MMS. Uh, we do have uh, the telephone, of course. When mm -hmm. you're separated from your partner for a week or two because you're somewhere working or somewhere on holiday, how fucking sexy it can be <laughs> to exchange something on the phone. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always have to be like we are having like um, sex at the same time or masturbating or something. It can be a turn on. Mm -hmm. You take in your daily life and with a little smile, uh, you uh, that helps you through the boring conference. You have a, a nicer life. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I was going to say. I like when I'm like sitting, I don't know, in, an, in a very official situation and then I might get a message and a, a dirty message too and I can't say anything and I, I I'm even afraid I might blush <laughs> but yeah. I know that it is there and it makes this like maybe boring um, official uh, situation so much nicer yeah and the, you know the boundaries seeing the boundaries and playing with them and shift them a little mm -hmm. bit maybe you know touching the boundaries I'm not allowed to say this here but I say it kind of yes and you see what 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 happens in yourself and around you make your life more playful it's so great that's i think that's a lot of like okay it's a, it's a lot of connecting with other people but i think yes it's just like making your own life more colorful and connecting to yourself and um and having fun right that's right that's right <laughs> very good hmm i think now after all this th uh, theoretic um talk about your workshops i would like to have a little taster Ooh, can we play? play something you want to play okay. i want to play okay. i'm in for a play um 
How about a threesome? There's a nice technician sitting here. Let's do a verbal threesome for, okay, the, for the audience. Okay, come over here, Suzanne. <laughs> come here. <laughs> okay, simple exercise. Let's fantasize together. Oh, yes. Okay? Simple rule. Uh, we go clockwise. Everybody says one word, uh, which uh, connects to the last word, to, to what the other person was saying, and we see where it goes. can go anywhere, okay? Sounds interesting. Yes, let's, let's do it. Let's try. Okay. My heart is full of dreams which are so juicy and tasty that i never can imagine to stop throwing out the most delicious kink in my classroom which is full of broken dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I want to see how I look when I step one step up in to the wildest dreams of my fantasy and my heart is exploding but I still want to fuck you inside and out <laughs> <laughs> that was funny because I wanted to say inside and out, but I'm saying only one word and you really say inside and out. <laughs> Now that uh, gave us a little taste, I think. That was fun. And actually, I'm very curious now and I'm very, um, yeah, I would really like to experience one of your workshops. Oh, are, you, are there any coming up soon? I think there was one just last week. So that exactly. is that one. <laughs> there was one last week uh, at the Schwelle 7. Uh, I have no, uh, no, uh, no workshop scheduled yet. Mm -hmm. uh, they're coming like two, three, four times a year at several okay. places. Um, I would recommend if anybody's interested or wants to connect with me and hear about the these uh, next workshops just uh, hook up on Facebook um, right. let me spell my name for that it's uh, easier to find me then it's Ottoka Lerner O-T-T-O-K-A-R L-E-H-R-N-E-R Lerner okay <laughs> I will find you <laughs> Good. and I think our audience will find you too if they want and I, I believe they might be quite interested after, after this little taste well thank you for coming here thank thanks you for, for having me here um, getting a little bit of fantasies of um, creativity out of us <laughs> today mm -hmm. and um, I hope to see you soon Otto see you soon thank, thank you very you. much bye bye thank you bye <laughs> Yeah, it was quite exciting. I think if we would have played this game a bit longer, then who knows what <laughs> what we would have come yeah. up with. <laughs> Some bedtime story, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I could play those games forever, actually. <laughs> Very nice. But maybe, yeah, maybe we should actually attend a workshop and uh, find out more. And yeah. <laughs> and yeah, what do you think? What's up with our larder? I don't know. I haven't heard anything from 
from her. This is all a special mission she's on. So maybe we should have a little peek or find out about it. Let's hear if we can find her. Okay. <laughs> Sex. Dear listeners of Burlesque Air, welcome to Lada Red Star's special mission in Switzerland. I am coming here in those unexplored lands to interview Roxy Delight in a very, very secret topic, in a very, very um, precious topic that is almost an endless, endless discussion in the burlesque community, which is burlesque versus striptease. Is burlesque an art form and striptease just a way to please men through dance? Is uh, burlesque a superior art than striptease? Uh, we are going to discover and discuss that today with one of the burlesque and the striptease superstars. She is extremely famous in both worlds and was able to unite the two art forms in one single specific way of dancing on stage that is just so particular to her. And I'm very and extremely excited to, Ro to have Roxy Delight here with us today. Our listeners have been talking about it and discussing this on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash air And don't forget to like it. Our listeners have been discussing the topic there And uh, there are many, many different opinions. For example, our listener Jasmine is saying to us, well, they're different. Well, it is strip and tease, but there are showgirl elements that striptease does not have, especially nowadays. Of course, she's talking about burlesque. The two have gone in a very different direction. Ruby Colibri from Belgium is telling us, well, they're totally different, of course, but one is not better than the other. Everybody likes a toast with foie gras and a hamburger. The demand is just different. I mean, sometimes we want fineness and sometimes the opposite. Some modern stripped acts are really exceptional, but I prefer the classy burlesque world. More elegant, more teasing, and more interesting for the entertainment heritage when it is not a simple copy-paste of our legends. It, the Ave Champagne's opinion is very interesting as well. She says, Striptease celebrates nakedness. Burlesque celebrates getting undressed. Kind of a striptease told in a tale and a story. And as the last of the opinion that I'm going to read to you, our dear listeners, there's Anna Kate from Australia. And she's telling us, burlesque for me is the art of seduction. Striptease is a show in itself, but not with the style and the grace of true burlesque. Let's see what is Roxy Delight's opinion about all this. And finally, here she is. Oh my God, Miss Exotic World 2010 at the Burlesque Hall of Fame in Las Vegas. Known for her tagline, drinking, smoking, stripping machine, Roxy Delight, the bad girl of burlesque. Welcome to Burlesque on Air. Oh, hello. Thank you, Lara. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are so proud and happy to have you here. And of course, we've been discussing, especially on our Facebook page, about the endless <laughs> topic of discussion in the burlesque community, burlesque versus striptease. Of course, everyone has uh, uh, a different opinion about it. Many of our listeners says that burlesque is a superior art form to striptease. Other ones says that it's just a different uh, kind of pleasures in sensuality, in sexuality, and in erotica. And of course, who else could we have called but you? So, what is, <laughs> yeah, what is your opinion about it? Maybe we can start with one of the opinions of, um, of one of our listeners from Australia. And he is saying this, and then maybe you can comment. To me, there are okay. okay. To me, there are several differences. I have been to many striptease shows and even more burlesque shows over the last decade. Uh oh, you're not gonna like this, Roxy. <laughs> striptease, sh <laughs> striptease shows seem to be about the destination, the performer getting naked for the gratification of the audience, and often the performances are quite boring. Uh oh, <laughs> I think you won't agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little dance number that may or may not go somewhere whilst trying to seduce the audience members, blah, 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 blah. And then he talks about burlesque. Burlesque shows to me are about the journey, the storytelling, and the performers don't, get, don't need to take off much clothing. It's about the comedy, satire, the story they're telling, the elaborate costumes, the reveal, and yes, also the seduction. At the end of a burlesque act, I feel satisfied and fulfilled and wonder what entertaining story that, that performer is going to tell next. So what about you? You've been famous for uh, putting together a little bit the art of burlesque and striptease in sort of one single art form that is so specific to you. How did you get there? Did you start with burlesque or did you start with striptease? Um, well, I started with striptease. I started, oh my goodness, I think in 2002. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to give my age away, but I was quite young. Oh um, my God, you're a minor. Uh, oh my God, don't. Are you gonna go to prison now? <laughs> I was not a minor, no, but barely, <laughs> barely legal, I guess you'd call it. But um, <laughs> so I started in a strip club as a house girl, the house dancer. So I would just go on stage and dance to three songs and some kind of lingerie or bikini or whatever. And, you know, and do private dances. Then I, my first moment on stage, I fell in love with it. And I remember there were some girls there and they were saying, there's no way it was my first time dancing. They thought I was lying to get customers. Like, it was funny, but it really was. I just have a natural, I had a natural knack for performing that I never knew I had. And if it wasn't for working in the strip club, I, I had never been on stage before. I would have never known that I was a performer. So... You know, definitely it was, it, you know, it was, a, it was a really good move <laughs> for me to make in my career, even though I was just, you know, trying to pay for college <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I started there and then I started featuring in the club where you put together a show and I knew that I wanted to do burlesque, but I didn't quite know what, like, what burlesque was, but I researched it and, discovered it, and that's how I started in the burlesque after that. I kind of took a long time away from the strip club when I started doing burlesque more full-time, but now I, I'm back and doing both, and I'm actually performing burlesque in the strip club, which is it's really gratifying, and I absolutely love it. So 
do you, is your way of performing very different? I mean, apart, of course, for the, eventually the fuel nudity or something, but your way of moving, your way of expressing your sexuality, is it very different on a burlesque stage than in a strip club? And in which way? Um, I, I don't really, I mean, here's the thing. If I'm doing, like, just as a house girl with a pole and, like, whatever I'm wearing on the floor, I do dance a little differently. But I, it's, it's whatever music you get to choose. That's the thing that I love about it is because you can just kind of, like, choose whatever music, whatever mood you're feeling in, and then dance. Um, whereas with burlesque, you have your, you know, your routine and certain things need to come off at certain times. So you do dance a little differently. Um, but, you know, overall, when I, when I perform burlesque in the strip clubs, it's, I don't know, I, I generally, I think I dance pretty much the same. Except for when I make it and then, you know, you have to do the full tricks and all that. So, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. <laughs> oh my God, I want to be one day in a strip club and seeing your tricks. Oh. <laughs> Maybe actually, because we always love to give little tips to our uh, girl listeners. Do you have one trick, one stripper trick that our listeners, girl listeners can use in their everyday life with their boyfriends? Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> special move. A, a move? I don't know. It's really hard to explain. A move. Here's the thing. I've never actually been taught anything. And I get asked to teach a lot. Like a lot of producers and pro, like producers of shows will ask me to teach. And I've tried it a couple times, but I really have a hard time breaking things down because I'm not a teacher and I've never taken a class. So I don't know like how to... You know, I don't have a natural knack like Michelle Lamore or if it goes blue or something like that. <laughs> so I wish I could be more help there. I'm better at showing, not telling. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult through the radio when we are performers who work on stage and use our expressions. And <laughs> Another <Yes>. question. <laughs> where, okay, where do you feel better? On a burlesque stage or on a strip stripper stage? Hmm, it depends. It depends on the event, I think, but I'm really comfortable in a strip club because that's my route. Um, mm. But, you know, you do have to work a lot harder for those men's attention sometimes because they're there for multiple reasons. You know, sometimes they're there to, you know, watch a game with their bros or, you know, sometimes they they go to see, you know, to go for a VIP dance or, or to see a show. So. It, but sometimes it's very rarely to see the show. <laughs> and you have to work a lot harder for their attention. But in a way, sometimes, you know, the room can be full, but you feel like nobody's there and you can kind of do what you want and it's really fun. But I'm comfortable on both stages, but I'd have to say I'm most comfortable in a club. <laughs> and have you ever received a little bit of uh, critiques from the burlesque community because you put a bit of uh, too many maybe stripper moves in your burlesque shows? Or has the community always been very welcoming to your style? Oh, I didn't know I put too many stripper moves into my show. Well, a little bit. At least like for us Europeans, you know, it's, oh my God, it's so shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I was being shocking. Maybe, maybe I need to get to Europe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You'll get to prison. Shut the pants right off, all of you. I'm joking. I, I didn't think I did too many stripper moves, but... Um, then again, it's just the way I've always danced. I started as a stripper, so maybe that's, maybe that's what it's from. But I, everybody's been pretty 
pretty well, um, you know, they've accepted it. And I don't know, I have not noticed anything. <laughs> and, and I love it so much because for me, you're such like... It's for me. It's the perfection of the of a way of like a bit of a more modern burlesque, you know, a bit of an evolution of uh, of the style, but not being too modern either. And I love so much watching you on stage because it's so sexual and not only sensual, which I really love, but it still keeps this amazing elegance and grace on stage. And oh my God, when I saw you in the burlesque hall of fame with that beautiful blue dress and that oh, it was so amazing. And what I love about is that you as well you work so much on your art form and so hard uh, trying to learn uh, um, uh, circus other things and you have an amazing art uh, uh, um, study background so it seems to me that you always love to improve and add new moves uh, to to the burlesque and do you think that you need uh, um, do you like that you like to explore uh, more things in the burlesque in your burlesque act or do you think you can add as well the circus moves in your strip acts well, first of all, thank you. It was really kind things that you just said. Thank you so much. Um, well, I, everything that I do in the in burlesque and circus, I kind of incorporate into my shows everywhere. So when I get hired into um, a strip club for featuring, I bring I bring all of those elements with me, whether they book it or not. Because sometimes the stages are not all. Um, they're not all big enough or the ceilings are too low. But I actually started learning my lira, my aerial hoop, in a strip club, my home club, when I was just um, a, like a, a freelancer, like a house girl. I wanted to, I was learning burlesque. That's actually where I started teaching myself burlesque because I would bring in my feather fans. I would dance to jazz music just as a house girl. And people thought I was weird. <laughs> and they had like a little hook that I could hang my lira on. So I would just use that stage time to practice, which is really the best time because, you know, people are watching you. So you, you know, you do a good job and you, I think you learn quicker that way. Yeah. And, um, so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Um, another question. I know that you have such a good relationship with all the legends, particularly Funny Annie, and uh, some of them are very open to modern striptease, and some other legends are quite critical, saying that uh, the arrival of the full nudity and that kind of striptease sort of gave an end to burlesque. So, what would you think that the original burlesque performers from the 40s and the 50s think about the striptease, the nowadays strip striptease? See, here's the that's the issue. We have to remember that these women were doing the same thing that I'm doing today. They were working in strip clubs. They were working in gentlemen's clubs. So there is this whole, you know, burlesque versus stripping, even that the modern burlesque performers have this stigma against it. You know, they just feel like it, it's taboo, it's wrong, and it's not as good as. But... I think that what people are forgetting is that these women were working in gentlemen's clubs. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, so I don't understand sometimes some of the legends. It's, to me, I think some of the legends, what it is, it's not, it's not fully nude because they were going fully nude back then as well. Exactly. But I think they're a bit more conservative with it. Um, but they're, I think it's the introduction of the strip pole, like the pole is what a lot of the legends have a problem with because that's when things really started to change. So 
um, I don't know how, how to think about it. Um, you know, I'm just happy that they're part of they're part of the industry, you know, and that, you know, there's a place for us to meet them and hear their stories. <laughs> but, yes, I, I am very close with Fanny Annie, and, and um, I absolutely adore her. She's been a huge supporter <laughs> of what I do, and a big reason why I moved to Vegas <laughs> as well. <laughs> she's absolutely fantastic. Her interview with us, oh my God, it was so funny. She was so hilarious. We love interviewing the legends. They have such amazing stories to tell. And in your in your uh, stripper career, when you you know don't manage to perform your uh, big feature act, burlesque act, how do you live the thing that you cannot express yourself with a beautiful costume, but you have just a little bikini on? Is that quite frustrating or? Is it frustrating? Yeah. Um, well, I don't really wear a bikini, and I, I actually don't really just go in as a house dancer much anymore. Okay. I mostly, when I go to strip clubs, I'm hired with my costumes, and then I basically just do my shows and then head upstairs and get ready for the next one. Mm -hmm. But when I occasionally will, um, there, on very rare occasions, but I don't really wear bikinis. I more wear, like, lingerie sets. But I like it. It's kind of you know, liberating, and you can do so much more. You're not, like, confined with, like, a fishtail gown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can just dance more free, and it's just really fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, I would love to speak to you so much longer, but I think we have sort of discussed this quite enough. Anyway, in the burlesque air, um radio studios, our opinion is that those are just two different ways of expressing female sexuality with eventually different moves, but uh, both of the art forms are important and uh, both of the art forms are liberating for a woman that is on stage. And uh, as well, just as you said, we think that uh, the burlesque of the old times was a striptease and it's very important to read and um, inform ourselves about how the burlesque was back in the days and wasn't so safe as we think, especially here in Europe. And um, so unfortunately we will have to end this interview here, but thank you so much for discussing this topic with us. And hopefully we will have the occasion to have a longer interview with you to discuss your career and many, many other things. So hope to have you back on Burlesque on Air. Thank you so much, Lara. It was really <laughs> wonderful speaking with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> You're unbelievable, Lara. I I knew something like this was gonna come. <laughs> this is not surprising. Wow. Well, great done. <laughs> yes, thanks, Lara, that you went on this secret mission for us. And This, unfortunately, is already the end of this episode. The next episode of Burlesque on Air is going to be aired on the 25th of November. Responsible for the show is me, Suzanne. And what do you think, Liddy? In the next episode, Lada will be back, huh? I think she'll be back. Or we all go to the moon and uh, go, uh, I don't know, hitchhiking to other galaxies. We never know, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Yes, well, thank you, dear listeners, for following us through Dirty Talk and a secret mission from uh, Switzerland. And I hope to hear, well, we don't hear from you, but I hope <laughs> but you, you can. No, that's not right. We can also, you can also contact us on our Facebook page. Just search on Facebook for Burlesque on Air and you will find us easily. And there you can write us messages or you can even leave us voice messages. We are always open for your texts and questions, whatever. Anything you want to leave us, appreciation and comments and love letters, whatever. We are always happy to have something and if you if you want to talk about something, maybe we can uh, pick it up and, and use it in one of the next episodes. That would be lovely. Exactly. And you can also find a link there to all of our former episodes. Yes, that's right, Suzanne. Mm -hmm. So I also thank you for for a great, um, yeah, great uh, experience today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> In our little threesome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And um, yeah, then till next time, listeners, enjoy your dirty talk. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.